selling with authenticity. Selling with authenticity. It's building that relationship. Learning about the value. Because you want to make that impact. It can make you happy. Welcome us. to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello, and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? You know, it, first of all, it's always good to see my dear friend, Daryl Amy. And here we are. We're smack dab in the middle of January already. Can you believe this? It the middle of January. 22 is upon us. And you know what's great about today? <laughs> this is coming out on January 15th. Which, which means we're less than 48 hours away from the 2022 Authentic Selling Challenge. Larry, I'm so excited. It starts on Monday, January 17th, goes all week, and we have got some incredible people joining us that are going to coach us on how to up our game in 2022. Yeah, you know, I remember last year, we had a blast doing this last year and I figured we'd, let's just do an encore. So we have Jeffrey Gittimer and his wife, Jennifer, kicking this off. We have Heather Monahan. Oh, we have Carson, incredible. Carson Hetty, our near and dear friend, Morgan mm -hmm. Ingram's kicking it off or not kicking it off. He'll be on Thursday. And then we're wrapping up with our near and dear friend, Scott Schilling. We've got quite a lineup. Here. Oh, it's going to be an incredible week. There'll be a lot of fun. There'll be interaction. It's live every day on the 17th through the 21st, and it's live from 12 to 1 Eastern. That's 9 to 10 if you're on the West Coast. And if you're anywhere else in the world, you can do the math on this. <laughs> the great thing about it is you can come live. And even if you can't be there every day, go ahead and register because uh, we got this incredible thing. We're going to record all these and you can have access to the 2022 Authentic Selling Challenge. And by the way, just as a bonus to get you kicked off well, when you register, we'll also give you access to all of the recordings from last year's Authentic Selling Challenge. We want to do everything we can to make sure that you are set up for the best year ever, hitting your goals and having fulfillment and doing it in it with the least amount of stress possible. <laughs> uh, and that's teeing up our guest today, which, by the way, we've got an incredible conversation coming up with our friend Tim Ohi. But I want you to right now to go to AuthenticSellingChallenge.com, get your spot. Once again, come live 12 to 1 every day, January 17th through 21st. If it so happens that you're listening to this podcast sometime in the future and you go, Larry, Daryl, it's not January of 2022 anymore. Good news is we recorded all this as well so you can get access to this content. We want to invest and we've got some incredible coaches that are going to invest in each one of us uh, to make sure that this is the most successful year ever. And uh, Larry, I'm so excited about this year. I'm excited about all that's ahead. And I'm excited about our conversation today because I think we're going to hit on a topic that is really crucial for every sales professional and sales leader out there. So why don't you introduce our friend Tim Ohi and let's dive in. I, I can't wait to introduce Tim Ohi. But first of all, I think it's a topic just to, to 
ping ping on what you just said. It's a topic I don't think we've ever discussed on the Selling from the Heart podcast. So I'm super excited. I've enjoyed over the years building a really deep friendship with Tim Ohai, one of the classiest guys I know. We've had great professional conversation, really in-depth personal conversations. You know, Tim's the global sales effectiveness leader at Workday. He's the founder of the Ubuntu mission. I think I pronounced that right. You did, good, Tim. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's just he's one of the classiest guys I know. I love this guy, Tim Ohai. Welcome to Selling from the Heart podcast. Hey, Aloha, gang. It's so good to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, we're going to have a great conversation today. But you know the question that every guest on the Selling from the Heart podcast answers because you're a repeat <laughs> guest. So I'm curious on this encore showing here, Tim, what does it mean to you to sell from the heart? So I'm going to repeat at a high level what so many have said, and it's the idea that if you're not, if you're not serving, you're not selling. So mm-hmm. selling from the heart comes from that place of, of having a servant mindset. It's about being authentic. But, but if I were to add something new, something extra this time, I, I'd add two things. One, first and foremost, if you're selling from the heart, it, you're making it about the, the other person. You're making it about the, 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 yeah, I don't even hate to use the word buyer, the mm-hmm. human being you're trying to work with. And number one, you want to help them increase their confidence that they're making the right decision. Whether they choose you or somebody else or whatever, you're serving them by helping build their increase. And this taps into some of the work from like groups like Gartner and, and some really great research that they've got. But bottom line is I need to be investing in their confidence that they're doing the right thing and helping them figure that out, which leads to number two, I got to help them make sense of the whole thing. I got to help them navigate the complexity and more importantly, um, educate them on disruption and risk and help them know, hey, this potentially could be out there. So if I'm doing this right, I'm not just creating a connection. I'm creating trust. Mm -hmm. I'm creating credibility as an outcome of authenticity, as an outcome of serving. It's not just neck down, it's neck up. Oh, Tim, that that is so good. And and I want to tie in something because um, I like how you brought this up. To me, selling from the heart, if we encapsulate all this and we layer in something to this is even if you're the not the right fit, you can educate them. You can help them, you know, become better at what they're doing. And if for some reason at the end of this, you're not the right fit then help them find the right fit. And all too often we don't do that in sales and, you know, people can sense it. People sense it immediately. And I have, I can tell you from my own experience in selling that those conversations will come back to you one, two, three years later. And that becomes, so it's, it's a wild way to say it, but it's a great way to prospect because you're going to play your pipeline of the future because your relationship is based off of, um, like I said, trust, and not just simply, you know, can I get a commission out of this? Beautiful. And hey, hey Daryl, and it, it just reminds me, and it's why I'm a firm believer, if you want to have a full sales funnel, you need to build a full relationship funnel. Yeah. And how many people in that funnel would give you a 10 out of 10 on the trust score, right? And the more of those people we have, the more we're going to succeed in the future. Well, Tim, we're at the beginning of a very interesting year. It's all the years now are, are interesting. It seems like, you know, insert whatever adjective of, uh, you know, interesting. We'll just call it that for now. And I'm curious as we just set up our conversation today, you know, you, as you look forward into 2022, what are you seeing in terms of sales enablement trends? What should be top of mind right now when you think of sales enablement? Yeah, it's it's a combination of things. First and foremost, um, if if 
people don't recognize that their customer's journey has changed, they're behind the scenes. So the customers, and it's constantly evolving, not just because of COVID, just because of technology, a variety of other factors. Um, but, but that means that how do you design backward from there? And mm-hmm. one of the things we're working on hard is how do you tie in data uh, from those interactions and those touch points? So we're trying to bring in um, and correlations between not just activity, but skill set and customer sentiment and response and triangulate from there. So I, I think there's going to be a, a bigger rise in data driven stuff. The, the key is it's got to go back into how you serve those customer journeys, mm-hmm. not how you count and stack. And I think mm-hmm. there are too many folks um, who may not have sold before or in a position where they haven't sold in a long time and they forget, they lose a little bit of empathy for how hard it is to be in the trenches. Um, so if you if you have good data and you validate it with your field, you could actually come much, much closer to the, to the customer. The other big thing I see is um, there's gonna be a massive, there is already a massive shift in hiring and people quitting and joining other companies. And so our definition of onboarding has got to evolve. And I'm, I'm old school. I remember IBM, they would give you like a year, you know? <laughs> right. And you would you seriously <laughs> go to this academy, you have this assignment, you know, all stuff. and then at the end of that, they said, you are now going to move to Minnesota. And, you know, they, it, so I don't think we're going to be that draconian, but we have to, we have to think it's a year journey for people to ramp up. It's not just go to onboarding. Here's, mm-hmm. your, here's your number, go hit it. It's there's got to be much more because the complexity of what people have to know and do and navigate um, is far more than what people expected. And, mm-hmm. and I, I see that becoming a big uh, emphasis from a technology point of view. We should see more AI stepping in, at least machine learning stepping in. Um, and that that's going to be interesting um, because you, you're going to have to be more intimate with your customer if you want your AI to actually have meaning because you've got to have their input to feed into it, not just your AI from your data, from your CRM, et cetera. Um, and I'll be curious to see how that opens up. Uh, and then clearly from a, a content point of view, I'm expecting a lot more emphasis, um, hopefully, uh, on the integration between sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. And um, I, re- I won't say his name because he we had a, it was a really good conversation, but I hugely respect this guy. He's a marketing expert. And he, and he was he and I were talking and, and he goes, yeah, there's still too many marketing communications people, too many, too many Marcom people in marketing and they don't understand sales at all. And that has to be blown up and ripped up in a way that, that we erase and replace that relationship with something really healthy and vibrant that ties back into that new customer journey. Mm-hmm. Those are the, those are the big trends that I see. Yeah. You, you know, what's interesting the first word, as I was listening to what you're saying, Tim is change. And if we, and if we look at the last couple of years, there has been monumental compression of all of this change happening. And, and I think, you know, some of this would eventually hit, maybe not all up front as it has the last couple of years. And when all this change occurs, which is a great segue into the, you know, the breadth of our, conversation today all this change leads to stress and it leads to uneasiness because we're asked to do things that maybe we weren't prepared for at this very moment in time oh it's massive it's surging i mean we're seeing it within our own leaders um they're feeling it i i spent a lot of time with our sales leaders all the way down to frontline managers and even spent time with individual aes um i see it outside of our industry i i, I see it in churches i i know people who work in government I know people who work in schools. I got a buddy who's a vice principal at a school and this, the stress, and it's not just the stress, it's, it's the, the weariness that goes with it. It's the fragility that goes with it. It's people are brittle right now. 
you can literally puff a, a small bit of air on someone and they'll feel it and they'll that you know i everybody's maxed out Mm-hmm. This is actually what I, well, thankfully, you know, I usually get on these things. We talk sales, sales enablement, all that stuff. But I was so glad you guys said, hey, can we talk about stress? Because mm-hmm. um, that's my passion. I, I mean, I do have a master's in psychology. So it's like I I, I care about this stuff. I've had it <laughs> for a while. Um, and the, the thing I'm noticing is two things. One, a lot of what people are being told how to handle their stress, go for a walk, get outside and whatnot. That's not a solution. It's not. Because while they're outside, their head is still spinning, and they guilty. Tim, I'm guilty. At night, because they can't turn their brains off. Right. And so the problem is not about exercising more. Although exercise is great, it's not about going out and getting in nature, which is phenomenal. And I would say you need to do that, but that's not the solution to the problem. The problem is what's going on in the head and in the heart. And mm-hmm. one of the things we talk about with Ubuntu, and Ubuntu has been a place for us to to bring that up because we teach entrepreneurial and leadership skills in in, in Africa and in disadvantaged communities. We started in South Africa, South Africa, then Ghana, and now we're starting to look at going to Kenya, um, although COVID is making this really hard. Um, but with that said, we talk about what's going on here and what's going on here in the head and the heart. That is the number one obstacle to success. That's the number one reason that businesses fail. And so the the number one trigger for bad decision making is stress. And Mm. we find that the most common causes are three things. The desire for success, the desire for significance, and the desire for control. Success, significance, and control. And if you want to test how strong those desires are in your life, which fear grips you more, you're going to fail, you're going to be rejected, or you're going to lose control. One of those is going to have a button. Maybe all three of those has a button. And a lot of conversations I'm having now are with people who have all three buttons. And they're like, this is crazy. And and the problem with those issues or those topics is that my fear of failure will create an addiction for success, which will only make my fear of failure bigger and stronger and deeper. And going for a walk and working out isn't <laughs> going to change my addiction because it's a biochemical. It's in my head. And I have to change how I see the universe, how I see everything. So it's not a success, fail, significance, rejection, or control and risk. It's it's got to be a different mindset altogether. But I've said a lot. Let me just pause and take a breath and have a sip of tea. <laughs> I, you know, so I'm just I'm listening to all of this, and first of all, um, I'm like, where's the couch? <laughs> Where do I go sit down? Um, but if you think about, you know, think about the the profession of sales that we all know and love. I mean, those three buttons: fear Cute. of failure fear of rejection. Oh my gosh. You know, we signed up for a career where we get rejection um, and fear of loss and control. Those have always been present in sales. I think sales has always been stressful, but you add on what we've gone through in the trauma of the last 18 months um, in the middle of all of that. I see the dial, the screws have been tightened in each one of those areas in a profession where we were probably going into this already, you know, on the stress scale, probably peaking above a lot of other careers. And now we've got sales teams that are, um, like you said, that it's fragile. It's, it's a very, um, 
important moment. What do we do? If we can't, it's got to, it's got to be more than going for a walk and, and yeah. working out. What, what do we do? It's, it's interesting. So there's, there's two things. Um, again, I know you just want to talk about two things at a time. Interesting. Um, there's, there's two things. So on one hand, um, there's, there's first self-awareness. And if you don't have the self-awareness of those, those, and I'll call them out, I'll just addiction. They are, they operate the same way biochemically in your brain as an addiction to a drug or something else. Um, you're behaviorally hooked. And I'm learning now, um, you're actually, you're the, 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 the neurons, the synaptic connections in your head are so heavily reinforced with the fatty tissue, your gray matter. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's so dense that you just can't sit and listen to a podcast and go, oh, wow, and then go change your behavior. You yeah. actually have to, you have to change your brain. There's stuff you can do about that. And I'll get that in a second. But, but first and foremost, um, if you're not even aware that you have a problem, you are going to not only be stressed at work, you're going to take it home. You're going to take it out on your family. You're yep. going you're to take it out on your friends. I mean, how many people have lost friendships over the last year and a half, two years, and they've just dropped all connections, social media, they've dropped all connection through anything. So even as they started to re-socialize, just, I don't have those connections in my life. I can't handle anything that touches it. And, and, and you'd be amazed how much the stress is affecting your ability to relate to people who have a different opinion, a different point of view. And we've lost of that. And until you're aware that there's a problem exists, you can't address it. And then the second thing, what do you do? Um, so I'm going to give three words that are the my own aha moment. It was deep because I, I it was I'll tell a story in a second to show you how deep it went. Um, but I, I didn't realize because I wasn't raised this way. But instead of pursuing success and playing the game between success and failure, the focus needs to be on confidence. Am I doing my best? If I'm doing my best, that's all I can do. Um, my nephew plays pro rugby in France. And um, I get I get to hang out with different professional athletes and have conversations and whatnot. And the, the, the top athletes all have the same mindset. I'm going to do my best win or lose. It's not about winning. I hate losing, but it's not about yeah. winning. It's about doing my best. I'm confident that when I step on the pitch, when I step on the, the court or the field or whatever, or musicians step on stage, whatever, I'm just going to do my best. And if mm -hmm. I, if I'm confident that I'm doing my best, then I'm not, I, I don't succumb to success or failure. That's secondary. That's not even part of the picture. Instead of then significance versus rejection, I need to be focused on acceptance. Do I accept myself? Mm -hmm. And from that place, can I accept you? And if I can accept myself, it doesn't matter if other people accept me or not, because I accept who I am. And then lastly, instead of control versus risk, it's trust. Do I trust that I'll figure it out? Do I trust that I can get through this? Whether I have control or not, when my wife got leukemia, man, that was ripped apart in my, my universe. And I, I, my, my sense of control that I thought I could, no way, you can't, you can't do anything. So I had to learn how to trust that my wife and I and my kids, we would get through it. We had no idea how. Yeah. Eventually, unfortunately, she passed away and we're in that place now. But I trust we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. We'll figure out what it means to be alone. We'll mm -hmm. figure out what it means to not have mom at Thanksgiving or mm -hmm. Christmas or whatever. Mm -hmm. But if you don't understand it, if you're going to you're going to go right back to the addiction. I've got to control this. I've got to figure it out because this is all the unknowns and all the uncertainty. Um, you'll spin out and you'll stay in a state of trust, a, a, a stress. 
you can't move out of. And so you, it's those paradigms. And, and here's, here's the challenge for those of you with parents. I'll throw this out. So this is where it really hit home for me. When I had this epiphany, my son is 21. My daughter's 19, but my, 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 my 21 year old and I had a conversation and he's at that age where we're starting to have really adult conversations, man to man. Um, it's delightful. It's like, wow, this is cool. You know? Um, but it's also tough because he knows he could be very transparent and honest. Uh, and I, I invite that. So I said, hey, I got I realize this thing about success versus confidence. And when I, let me ask you, did I raise you to be successful or did I raise you to be confident? And he goes, Dad, you raised me to be successful. Matter of fact, Dad, you were so you get so stressed at my jujitsu tournaments. If I failed, you <laughs> he goes, I didn't like you coming when I was younger because you'd get uh -huh. so stressed at the tournament of whether I was going to get a medal or not. And thankfully, jujitsu has taught him how to be more confident. So it's not about the medal. It's not about the belt. It's not about, even though he's pretty kick ass, um, it totally transcends the game. I was like, oh, and I, mm. I'm sorry. And I actually, literally, I'm sorry. I apologize. And I promise I'll do better for you and your kids. And then, second question Did I raise you to be, um, to accept yourself or did I raise you to be, you know, significant? And he goes, uh, You said one thing, but you did another. It was, it wasn't super clear. Yeah. Okay. You know, there's, oh man, control. And, and he's like, well, control, you weren't so bad, but mom was the one. She hovered over everything. Mm -hmm. And it was like, if she was here, she would apologize. But I tell you the same thing. I'm sorry. We'll do better. Mm -hmm. But, but this gets into how we were raised. And this is, goes back to point one on self-awareness. Mm -hmm. You really got to do some, this is, this is the couch. <laughs> I'm on the couch. You can join me, Daryl. It's, <laughs> it's, it's big. Um, <laughs> Um, and I'm, I'm cuddly, uh, but, but the bottom line is if you're not aware of your behavior now, you, you, you can't do anything, but if you're aware of your behavior now, you're going to have to go look back and how, how you got to where you are. Uh -huh. And it started when you're young and, yep. and, and I hate to sound cliche, but you've got to do the work. Yeah. It, it, and it's, it's so true because I mean, we're a big believer, Tim, the inner work fuels everything that we do all the outer success that we're going to have but as i was listening to what you're saying and, and uh, i just got to go back and, and tie this into a sales centric moment just for a second because there's there's some words that, that i think are just near and dear to me is success the confidence and the acceptance so let's tie all three of those in for a moment because i'd trust. love your take on this trust, trust. as well yeah is, yeah pardon me Oh, I was going to say success. I'm trying to push success, but I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. No, no, it's no, it's all good. But think about how that wreaks havoc on salespeople every single month. When you have that salesperson goes, I know I'm doing my best. In my heart, I believe I'm doing the best. I'm confident at what I do. But then I look at the stack rankings and all of a sudden I might get squashed down. Now just think of how that plays havoc and the stress that that puts on salespeople month in and month out, quarter in and quarter out. Yeah. And, you know, I know you're seeing it, but just, I love this conversation because it's, we've all gone through it. Coach us some more on, on how does somebody become self-aware of this, right? If they sense it, right? If they sense it and smell it, what path can they take themselves down to really pull this out of themselves? So it's, you're talking about something that's, that's, literally embedded into our system uh -huh. so the way business works is not driven to encourage our best versions of ourselves the way business works is to encourage and hopefully 
squeeze out the best results for stakeholders. Mm -hmm. And let's go back to the most fundamental, most, and I'd say most important relationship in sales, and that's between the player and their coach. And I'll, I'll say over and over again, the number one enablement you can do for any seller is give them a great leader. And let's go that first. So maybe I have self-awareness, maybe I'm there, but if my manager is not on the same page, yep. I have a, I have a different, yep. different path ahead of me. I'm in a completely different ocean and it's not a good one. So I can be working on my confidence, my acceptance and my trust. But if my manager's in my ear and she's saying need to be successful, significant and in control, I'm screwed because we're not shooting for the same outcome. Now, what's fascinating is when you look at the best coaches in the world of any sport, uh -huh. business coaches, um, conductors, whatever, they want to build confidence, acceptance, and trust out of their team and get the, then they know when they've tapped into that, they release championship play. So somehow our system keeps teaching managers excess significance of control when we should be saying, hey, let me op open up a different way to do it. And it's like Tony Dungy. I, Tony Dungy, one of my favorite all-time yeah. leaders. Mm -hmm. He's he's a amazing human being. I had the chance to sit with him on a flight once from the East Coast to the West Coast and had short chat because he was getting ready to go call a game in San Francisco and um, he needed to rest and I get it, but he was so kind. I, and I, I asked him, what's it like when you work, you work for some tough Chuck Knoll, Marty Schottenheimer. He worked for some tough old school coaches, coaches, and he's not a yeller. He's not a streamer. <laughs> he's not one of these guys who's going to go whatever. And I said, how did you do it? And he said, I, I basically just said to them, let me do it my way. And if I don't deliver the results, then you can either fire me or I'll do it your way. Mm-hmm. And he created that space. So for any manager that's listening, you may feel like you don't have the freedom to do this. You are the linchpin here. If you want your sellers to be authentic, if you want them to have the ability to reach out and connect with people in a completely different way, you are the root cause solution. Mm. And Larry, we've talked a lot about oh, that. I know. Yeah. our team. It's the manager's relationship with the player that's most important, not the player with the customer. Yeah, yes. but I, hey, Daryl, just real quick, because I know you want to chime in, but I just I want to continue this really quick because what happens if you're that if you're that leader whose leader may not see eye to eye with you on that? Then what happens? Because in my opinion, that's a catch twenty two. Yeah, it, it really now, is. But now that so this is a leader's paradox that will always exist. It's always existed, yeah. continuing to exist. You will always have a leader at some point in your career who doesn't get it. Mm -hmm. You always have a leader who's who's just not. And I will, I've always seen the people who have been great, regardless of frontline, all the way up to VP level and above, have done it their way regardless. And they have that conversation and they... They just manage it accordingly. Yeah. And this is a tale as old as time. This is just, it's, it's gone on for, it, it will continue because we're not going to change. Um, so as a leader, you just have to make a commitment in your heart. I, I will do what I need to do in the meeting. And when it comes to me with my people, I'm going to do what I need to do. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to treat them differently. And how many times have you heard a sales leader say, it's my job to filter things from getting hitting the field. Mm hmm this is part of that. Yeah. But usually we think about the emails and the requests for last minute information. And I'm going to add this whole other mindset piece that if you don't filter the mindset, not just the activities, but if you don't filter the mindset that's coming down from the top that shouldn't be passed on to your team, 
you're not being a complete leader. Hmm. Thinking about two two things, two books I'm actually reading, so relevant, uh, Multipliers by Liz Wiseman. Mm. She was telling this story right at the beginning of that book about a top Navy, um, you know, and uh, they, they were doing target practice, basically. And under one leader, they failed everything. They got a multiplier in and uh, he was that their team performed the best in the Navy. It had nothing to do with the, the sales rep. It had every, everything to do with the leader. And uh, I think this, you know, right now, and, and I look, I think the sales culture that leaders create when we're working with teams and creating, um, you know, trust building um, in trust enablement and built, helping their salespeople build trust, it has to happen inside an authentic sales culture. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, yeah. all the training in the world isn't going to work. I, I believe that firmly. The other book that has um, that I'm reading right now that just plays along so well for this for salespeople is. Simon Sinek's infinite game where he says, look, you know, this is an infinite game. This is not, you know, (laughs) and in sales, we think it's a finite game where we're going to hit our quota, you know, this month or this quarter, this year. The reality is this game keeps going on and on. And so confidence uh, is, you know, more important than success. And I love your, your paradigm here. I think this is something we're going to be talking about for a long time right now. Um, as we wrap up today, Tim, what a what a phenomenal conversation! Amazing conversation. What uh, what words of encouragement would you give for sales professionals and sales leaders as they're they're thinking, "Wow, uh, I do need to dive into some of this stuff." Well, first and foremost, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You Listen to this podcast, you're like, oh, "Man, I am so stressed," and what I've heard today, so it actually makes me feel more stressed. <laughs> <laughs> you're not alone. You're yeah. not. You there you're are not. so many people and and it's it's a human i mean i i i literally before i got on the call right now i got a text from one of my one of my people in south africa and they're stressed um i i got i mean it's just it's international it's everybody's feeling it so you're not alone um and and because you're not alone um that means you're you're fighting a big battle so recognize the size of it it's big it is big and culturally, um, we've got some changes to make. This is where I go back to the story of the boy rescuing, you know, starfish on the beach. You know, the old mm-hmm. story of walking uh-huh. the beach and he's chucking starfish. And the dude walks up and says, why are you throwing? There's there's thousands of starfish on this beach. Why are you, why are you trying to throw them in? They're all going to die. And he goes, well, it doesn't matter. This one, this one is going to live. And he throws this. And so you just start. Just start. Start with self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Figure out where are your buttons. Are you afraid of failing? Are you afraid of being rejected? Are you afraid of losing control? Start with the biggest button and just be aware. Look at for your reactions. Oh, okay, you know what? I'm freaking out about failing right now. How do I turn this into a from a success conversation to a confidence one? I'm doing my best. And secondly, get somebody in the boat with you. Don't mm-hmm. paddle. Don't paddle. Either pull in a friend who's the same thing. Pull in your life mate, whoever. Pull in your manager. And, and it, make your manager listen to the podcast if they're not already subscribed uh, and and have the dialogue and say, this is I this is what I want to work on and pull somebody along with you. Because you if if well, they, there's an old saying we have in, in, in Africa around, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go with others. Yeah. So good. Ugh. Tim, thank you. What a gift today. And um, 
I just, I just want to say, um, I so appreciate, um, this conversation. I, th I think this is very, very timely. I feel it. We all feel it. And, um, what you've given us today is a true gift. Thanks for coming back on the podcast. We appreciate you, man. It's always yeah. good seeing Tim. Oh, hi. Oh yeah. And Larry, um, um, you and I need cigars soon. Just saying. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Daryl, Daryl. <laughs> 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 I'm feeling this sense of uh, rejection. It's I'm adding. Saying, uh, there's, West Coast, there's West Coast and then they're dark and soft. So that's, right. there, there is. that's good. Hey, I'll be out there soon. Hey, good. it's been fun, Tim. Thanks so much. And, and best wishes for uh, an incredible year this year. We appreciate you, man. Yeah, you're awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, oh, always fun good. hanging out with Ohi, and uh, what a what a powerful what a powerful conversation, you know, um, Larry. There's so much to unpack here, and I have a, I have a sense that we're going to be unpacking this for a while. Uh, but you know, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, um, go with a group. And you know, I I couldn't help but think that there are people listening in that uh that say i yeah i resonate with that but that ain't gonna happen in my company not in my sales yeah. bullpen um and i go i get that i get that uh you know sales sales can be a tough tough gig sometimes and that's one of the reasons why at the beginning of 2020 we put together the selling from the heart insiders group so you could have a group of like-hearted sales professionals there's a bunch of sales leaders in there as well. And I have, I have a feeling we're going to be doing more with sales leaders in the year to come. But the idea behind this is, can we get together consistently and build friendships with like-hearted sales professionals so we can start to process through some of this stuff? And you go, you don't have to do this alone. And I think what Tim was saying, Larry, that resonated with me is certainly during the trauma of the last 18 months and all that we've gone through, each one of those three areas, the screws just keep getting tightened and there's this temptation to isolate. And I just want to say, if you're listening in and you don't have friends yep. in sales, you know, you got friends in your regular life that you hang out with. That's great. But there are some unique things in this sales profession. You need good friends in sales. If you don't have friends, come join us in the insiders group. And I guarantee you, you're going to find some friends in that group that will be an encouragement to you. And I think together we can start to process through uh, some of this stress and set a better course going forward. Yeah, no, I, I'm a firm believer. I, I love what Tim said about the alignment of, of the mind, right? The head and the mm -hmm. heart. And so often we've left the heart out of a lot of things that we do. And it's about time that we blend those both together. And it's why, Daryl, I'm a firm believer, especially at a leadership level, is those leaders who understand what it means to lead with the heart mm -hmm. will develop a team that goes out and sells from the heart. I'm That's a, right. I'm a firm believer in it. And just one last, you know, note on on the insiders group is it's about community. And, you know, if you, if you don't have that, you know, come hang out with us. But I encourage you find a community and bring people together right. and start talking about some of these things and create accountability partners. You know, some of the best things. And and I love one last thing that Tim brought up was this self-awareness, because, you know, you and I, Daryl, we get into some deep conversations about that. Just mm -hmm. you and I. And, and I think this is the time and it's OK to go down some of those paths. Um, I went down at most of 2021 is and going it, down that path. And and you and I've had conversations about it. This is what we need to do to just to get through the other side. 
That's right. Well, this is important work. We're going to keep talking about all of this. If you're interested in finding that group of like-hearted sales professionals, go to sellingfromtheheart.net slash insiders. You can learn more about that. And starting on Monday, the 2022 Authentic Selling Challenge, uh, this will certainly be a great catalyst to put you around some people who are like-hearted in the selling profession. Uh, authenticity is uh, on full display here. This is going to be a fantastic week. Uh, and I think one of the things, one of the keys to what, what Tim is talking about is to just get real, get real with yourself, get honest. And uh, the Authentic Selling Challenge is going to be a great catalyst in that direction. So we look forward to seeing you there January 17th through 21st, 12 to 1 Eastern time. That's 9 to 10 on the West Coast. Every day, if you can't show up live, just sign up anyways. We'll get you the recording. And once again, if you're listening long into the future, <laughs> we captured all of this. It's out there in cyberspace. Just go to AuthenticSellingChallenge.com and register and you'll get access to the recording. Well, Larry, I am excited about this new year. I'm excited about the Selling from the Heart movement, this movement of authenticity in the sales profession. And uh, I just want to say until next time, keep being genuine, keep being authentic. Keep adding real value. Deal with stress. It's a big deal. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time. Most of all, 